So uh, you know what you should do? You should just cut out all my parts and then just put it as a Patreon. <laughs> the Rodrigo Patreon. If you want to know what Rodrigo says, actually, what we'll do is we've got um, we'll have uh, record them all in separate tracks and put them on individual tape decks, and it'll be like uh, Flaming Lips <laughs> when they used to do that, and you you have Where to go you have to a, a um, to a underground parking garage, and we'll at the same time hit play on those four play tape decks. It, quadri- it will, it, quadraphonic. It'll yeah. be some Carl Heinz shock cows oh and shit. God. It'll be amazing. Wow, wow, wow. phasing. Oh shit. yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Back on the 55 free, free glow sticks for everybody. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Burdine. I have Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria here on the podcast. I've got Mark Fangmeyer. I've got Corey Schreppel. I've got all my, uh, if you're friends with uh, P, then you're friends with me. I've got all my homies. Thank you for joining me, guys. Uh, um, anyway, uh, this, this is the podcast, and uh, we're going to talk about two games again this week, uh, which means that we're going to not talk about either game. We're going to talk a little bit about Thomas Chacon, but that's because it's this podcast. Um, I will let me ask you guys uh, this off the the uh, top, which is um, someone, a friend of mine, asked me uh, now that we know Thomas Chacon might be leaving the club. Who is going to be the new like obsession for the podcast? Who are we just going to bitch about? And like, I I legit thought about this question uh, during the game last night, and I I couldn't. I don't know who it is. Do you have any thoughts? Oh, it's Dotson. It's going to be Dotson. Mm. He's going to be the one that we are just fawning over because he'll fill. Because especially with all the injuries, he'll be like filling in all over the pitch, and he'll do good. You know, good to well above average, and Woods be like, "Oh, Dotson." And also, also, I saw on uh, Instagram though that he is a Chelsea fan, so there's, that's a little down vote for him. But still, I think Dotson. Yeah, we, we can't all be beautiful human beings. The best I, try. I would, I would think it would be Amaria, but he's been out so many matches that, like, I f- sometimes forget he's on our team. Uh, but. I mean, it should probably just be Lud. We should just do a 180 and just and just make that our obsession. Oh, that would be amazing. And then he would get benched because you know that he that the actually I might I might might uh, be a Lud stand. Um, can I? So we I want to talk about the Chacon rumor of him leaving in a second. Can I? Will people still buy Chacon Muerte t- t-shirts or is it too is it too gone? Is it too late? You, you, we need to see what's going to, I think. Because I think the choice is going to be Muerte. <laughs> we gave them the choice and they're like, well, you, you must yeah, Muerte yeah. now. So, yeah, yeah, we yeah. chose. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens with the rumor. I mean, we'll talk about it, but I think the rumor is he'll come back next summer, but we'll see. Okay, let's just bring it up then. Tomas Chacon is rumored to be going back to Danubio um, on loan for the rest of the year. I'm back to Uruguay. Um, uh, I I don't know if you guys think that this makes any sense. Uh, is it just mean that, uh, you know, we've got Marlon Hairston, we have Robin Lode, we've have, uh, you know, Ethan Finley's not, he's injured right now. We've got Molina. We've got all these guys who are playing on the wing and that uh, the team just does, looks at Tomas Chagón and thinks that, you know, 
he needs to get more time and we need to send him away. Is there a way that this makes sense to you, Mark? Um, it makes more sense than sending him to a USL team mm-hmm. because at least he'll develop a lot more there than in USL. Where if he's not cut, if he's not developing an MLS, he's not going at USL is not going to do much for him. But um, the timing, I mean, against, and I don't want to get too far ahead of us, but you know, in um, our match against um, SKC last night, uh, we used all of our with injuries. We used every single sub on our bench except for Fred, and that included Thomas Chacon. So that's everybody. So I, the fact that there we don't really have anybody to replace him or anybody coming off the bench that for depth, especially now that, you know, we're playing two, two match weeks and everybody's getting injured and depth is huge. It seems like bad, poor timing. Like I know we need to get him some minutes, but it'd be smart to just give him minutes with our team instead of shipping him, you know, halfway across the world to get minutes. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I think I've tried to clarify this, at least on my, my point, like millions of times on this podcast, but I always feel like it's, I should just say it again, it's, which is like, I don't think anyone on this podcast is ready to say like Thomas Chaconi is a great soccer player, right? Like we just think that we have this depth and why are we not using it? And what, why don't we see this player who we spent some money on who was hyped up and like, has not gotten a shot. That's it. That's the the part is like, why is this guy not even getting a shot? Especially for when he comes in, and we'll talk about this in a minute. He's good. He's not like stellar, but it's the same thing about Raheem, right? I obviously know that Raheem is still has a long way to go to get to a starting spot, but he comes in and he's good and like, okay, great. Then I want to see that guy in there for 30 minutes, most games, especially while we have five subs. Um, so to send Chacon away is just, it, it's kind of weird. Um, I am glad he got some minutes last night, um, but it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but Corey, you have a, you have a kind of, I don't know if this is your theory about it, but you, something. yeah, I mean, yeah. So to, to just tack on to what you guys said right now, given, given the injuries and our, what was our really great depth, which is now pretty uh, small, it does it is a little confusing to me that he that we wouldn't keep him here to give him minutes because we need the depth. So that's that's like a recent thing. But um one of the one of the issues I, I think I agree with you, Mark, he's not going to get minutes any really valuable minutes in USL. Um so I think sending him back to his to his home club is is fine. Um but one of the one of the rumors, uh, and I saw this the other day on um, Andy Grader had it. Where he said, you know, um, we were talking about our depth and we we're talking about subs. He goes, next season, next season, MLS roster rules are expected to include three young player slots, where a player twenty two years old or younger on their first MLS contract can vacate a DP slot and instead occupy a young player slot. Um, so it makes me wonder if they are looking at their depth and they want to loan him back to Danubio and however much of uh, his salary is going to be covered because he's not making more than 150k a year because of of the young DP rules under his certain age. So he's he's well he's, under that he's cap. He's not costing us, you mean? Yeah, yeah, he's not co- I mean we we paid a lot for him, but his salary 
uh, hit is not very high. Um, so I don't know what Danubio is going to be covering or if, or, or what, but, um, or if that frees us up to, uh, open up that DP slot so we can bring somebody in, in this window that might be in the plans based on, um, some hints in some of the reporting and some comments by Heath. Um, but what the, what was unclear to me and I got clarification from Andy was, Basically, the the plan right now is that it's it's kind of been thrown around a couple of different ways where they're saying, oh, it's going to be three young DP slots next year. Um, these would be in addition to the three senior designated player slots. And a little bit more clarification that um, uh, Axel Schuster said was, it's not 100%, the rules are changing, but MLS has in general agreed to build three additional spots for players 22 years uh, years old and younger. It's not a full DP. There are some restrictions, but it allows you to invest in young players outside of the cap and still have the DP uh, trio, like, you know, something like what Toronto would have or, or Atlanta would have. Um, and it would be a different kind of investment. So my theory is that if this is the plan or some version of this is the plan, they're going to unload Chacon to, you know, loan him out, get him off the books, uh, vague, uh, free up that DP slot, bring in a third true DP before they, they buy down uh, Grey Goosh. And then when they bring Chacon back, because he's still under under that um, that age limit, he will then occupy one of those young player, young DP, whatever the 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 branding or the um, the allocation is going to be, he'll occupy one of those investment slots. Corey, Corey, um, I, I, yeah. I got to interrupt you here. Breaking news here. It's coming. We got to hear from uh, Watchmaster Mark Fangmeyer, who's uh, literally <laughs> yes. what, rubbing yes, his hands yes. together. And from what watch, I hear Corey say is that the team is really just making room for Mario Balotelli to come in and save us from our shortage of strikers and... Our, you know, our inability to have our strikers score goals. So I think that's what really Corey is saying is that we're going to send Chacon off for a year alone, bring him back, and Hello, in that watch. time, we're going to be signed Super Mario. I uh, thought that I really thought you were going to go knee deep into the uh, Benedetti. Yeah, I mean for this one, I, I feel like our need at forward is a bit too high right now for Benedetti. I mean, maybe I mean, that's an that's an. Well, I mean, we'll get to the needs. That that, that 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 smolder can strike anything. It'll nope. be fine. I want to move move on to the games, but um, Rodrigo, we had a section where we talked about Thomas Chacon, and you didn't say his name, so I just want to give you the opportunity. <sighs> <laughs> All right, and we're moving on to uh, we had a I'm depressed. Game. <laughs> I'm depressed. <laughs> Um, FC Dallas to Minnesota United three, or I guess it's the opposite because we were the we were the home team in this game. Um, so this was a pretty regular squad, um, you know, with uh, our, our normal lineup uh, these days. Uh, Bebelo got the start. Um, you know, Dotson was in for Ozzy, etc. Lud on the right. Cheer, cheer, cheer. Um, uh, Dane St. Clair gets a start again uh, here, and. Um, this uh, Minnesota United won. Um, Dallas were were very weakened in this game. Um, who came out of this game making you feel better about the next month, and uh, and who has you worried? Um, Reynoso is the real deal. Uh, that's kind of was was my takeaway, especially 
Um, I mean, again, he hasn't really like he hasn't gotten on a score sheet yet, or really, you know, got even. I don't think he's even logged in. He has two assists now. Uh, he has two assists, but I mean, like, again, just you can see his playmaking abilities. Just, um, uh, yeah, like is just the way he can like just find space, or like he doesn't finish a run, he kind of holds back, receives the ball, and then passes it on. Like there. It, you can see like the, uh, his ability to like see three, like he's a chess player. He can see three moves in advance. You can just see that on the field he plays, which makes me like great. I'm finally have a number 10 after all these years of wanting to get a number 10 that can do that. We have it. And that is fantastic. And um, yeah, that's, a, I mean, uh, otherwise, I mean, our attack looked good and so, we were connecting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And our midfield looked really good too. Um, Corey, do you have a do you have a? Uh, I was just gonna say that I was just gonna say that that Reynoso is like our Brand Stark, three eyed Raven, uh, in the uh, in the team. So that that's been nice. I, I would the boring say guy who ends up the leader. No <laughs> yeah, one exactly. has a better I mean, narrative than Brand. <laughs> really? Uh, um, the the thing that I one hundred percent agree with Mark. Um, Reynoso makes me uh, feel things in places, but um, seeing Robin Lud on the right and seeing how he was able to unlock some of the defenses there, and and how he was able to combine, um, <clears throat> I think he I think he played really really well with Metnair on the right in a different way, um, and I almost preferred it to then to how Ethan Finley plays with Metnair on the right. Um, I I think everything just the, the midfield forward I think looked really 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 good. Um, can I can I? Bring I would to like a, to see more of that specific moment where um you know the second goal was um a lot you know it was Bebelo it was um uh, Molino Lude they were all really close tight in and then Lude takes the ball forward he passes uh, the ball goes out to Metnir who cuts it back Molino's toward the top of the box. And he gets a, a far post finish. Um, it was it was exactly what you're saying there. You've got a lot of interplay. They're all working together well, and um, and that that initial attack by Lud draws so much attention, gives space to Metnir, um, draws people away from uh, Molino, and then Molino's free to to, to finish. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was two specific things on that goal. Molino kicked that kicked that whole thing off, but it was Lud who almost gave us two dummies right in a row that opened up space to get to Metnair and then to cut it back uh, to, to Reynoso, then to cut it back. Um, I think that that awareness on the right, because he's not thinking about fundamentals. He's not thinking about how to make things happen. He's just executing ideas. Um, that made me really excited to see him there. Um, and and that, that, that's my most exciting thing about, um, what could what could be in the next month with our almost preferred starting eleven? One of the things that worries me is Vegush. Uh, I just don't know how he's acclimating. At least in his past three games, he has not been. Um, he misses his friend Ozzy. I think that's I think that's one of those things, but the, at the same time, is like how is his role going to be redefined with with Reynoso in there, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what the big adjustment is going to be, and 
Um, and, and, and honestly, it's going to come down to like, to, to have a question about like, well, how much do we really want to, to keep him? Greg, in that sense. Yeah. I mean, if you have Reynoso who's creating the opportunity, do you, are you, are you better off with a double six? Do you really need, do you really need, or can you put Dotson in that role as an eight? And it pushes up forward when you have an Ozzy or another six that comes in. I think those are the questions that 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 I'm having. Um, I think one of the things that I, I that I, that I'm looking forward to is see more of Jacory Hayes. I think Jacory um, has uh, has put some really good minutes forward, and he, and he's producing. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that looks. I think in the aspect of Lude, I think one of the things is a left footer, right? You're more than likely inclined to go inward towards the goal right. than you are to go straight because of how your body composition is. You know, the ball is on the outside of your foot. So that way you, you want to be able to get a good position. When you do that, right, it, it creates an, a, a space on that wing, which get, then gives the opportunity for your, uh, in that case, metonier to overlap. And then, and then you're really throwing off the defense trying to figure out who to cover for, right? And I think that's something that, that, that we've seen with Dotson, right? Dotson would like to go upward and then cut inward and then draws attention. And then you can drop off the ball and then get deeper into into the attacking end. But I also think so too that uh, with Finley, it's always been vertical. So I think there's never been a, a way where Metanier feels himself comfortable stepping into that step without jeopardizing a counterattack and having Ozzy, in this case, Covering or whoever else is back there covering. And Gregor has been playing more defensively, and like I think he's getting used to that. I don't know if he's being that successful, but I, I that is a concern that I have. Yeah. So the the the, the real concern, I, I think it's maybe. Let me think. Maybe premature to to say that Gregus could be expendable in that, but the real the the real problem here is we need to answer the question of. Ozzy. If Ozzy's not there, this team has a lot of adjusting everywhere to do to fix that. Um, you know, Ike is great, but he's a center back, so it's not like a positional problem. You can put another center back who's maybe not as good um, and maybe plays a little bit different, but you don't have to adjust quite as much. With Ozzy, we are having to adjust quite a bit. We don't have anyone who legit plays that role in, in the same way. James Musso, we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. Um, and so I would love to see let's say we get Ozzy fit for the rest of the season. Uh, then we, or or we use that magical DP spot and we get a, a, a six. Um, however it is, one of the questions I would like to see Heath work through is, okay, we've got the six figured out. What is the thing between that, that helps connect the midfield to Bebelo? Um, Gregush is having trouble sometimes. He was a bit better, I don't know. He's not been great. He's not been his, his same self recently. Um, you know, is that Dotson? Is it Jacori? Is it combination uh, Pizza Hut and Taco Bell? I don't know. Um, so, I, but I think that that's a, a good good question and and good thing to worry about. But um, uh, Rodrigo, you you just took a bite of something, so I'll send to these guys and their worries about this. But I want to also hear Rodrigo your uh, who. Who made you feel good um, coming out of that Dallas game? But um, uh, Corey, why don't I go to you? Who has you worried? Non Gregush uh, midfield, since we I think discovered that. I mean, midfield wise, like 
I love Dotson, but I still, it, yeah, it's like if you want him to be the eight or if you want him to be the six, like he's, he's got to figure out either we have to give him the freedom to do the things that he wants to do or that he can do. And then the other person in that role, in that pairing, regardless of who it is, needs to stay at home or needs to be um, cleaning up after him. Um, or Dotson has to get specific instructions to be like, you are the six, you are the stay at home eight, like whichever version and let Grey Goosh uh, move around. Um, that ain't gonna happen. I just I yeah, feel like it, for it, whatever reason a, we've never yeah. we've never seen Hassani been able to do that, and, and that's and that's where it's like it's not it's not a worry for me about his skills. It's it's a worry about utilizing him properly, or or rather utilizing the uh, the pairing the other person properly. Because I think I think you're right. You have to let Dotson chase the game and be the box to box number eight and go after stuff and make the connections to Reynoso and everyone else. But that leaves the question where it, it comes back to Greg Like, does he pretty much stay fixed or does a Ja'Cory Hayes or James Musa stay fixed? Um, and I don't, I don't, I think the other two might be more, um, comfortable doing that. I don't know that Greg Goosh would want to do that because he also wants to chase the game a little bit. So that's what worries me is that you're going to have two number eights that both are kind of sixes because we don't know and we're not giving them specific instructions and they can't, and that, and that pairing doesn't work. That chemistry doesn't work. You broke, um, you broke the rule. I told you no Greg Goosh and you broke the rule. Well, listen, you know what? <laughs> Rules? This is jazz, man. <laughs> um, Mark, do you have any non-Gregoosh uh, dots and worries? You don't, you, if you don't, that's great. Um, but don't you, don't you break the law like Shreffle over there. No, I mean, like, again, it's tough to talk about dots without talking about Gregoosh. God Goosh, damn so. it. <laughs> I said no. I said no. no say thing, potato. Like, and, I say and here's potato. the thing. Are you like, worried about Aha or Boxall? Um... No, I don't want to get Toy. too far ahead. I don't want to get uh, Mason Toy. I mean, no. But Mason Toy scored in this game. He did, and he he and he actually he looked and also he was smart on that. Um, so he scored the first goal. Yeah, the, which I mean, you, you feel really bad for the because the Dallas goalkeeper. I think he's a new guy, right? Well, and, no. Uh, so let's let's yeah, go back. Yeah. That. So the the Dallas goalkeeper who is backing up uh, Jimmy Maurer, um, former uh, New York Cosmos uh, goalkeeper, the last time he made a professional debut was against Minnesota when he was then backing up Jimmy Maurer, and I forget this guy's name, whoever we played against, because we'll never see him again. Um, he was then backing up Jimmy Maurer at Cosmos. Jimmy Maurer gets a, a red card in the seventh minute, and uh, and then Christian scores a PK on Mc, Mr. McGee, whatever his name is, this uh, goalkeeper. Um, and so, yeah, he gets out there. He gets There's a bad back, back pass. It then gets cleared. Lud picks it up right away, sends it to Toy. Toy sends it in with his left foot. Yeah, you feel bad. Zobek, it's his name. Thank you for. Uh, yeah, no, and, and also <laughs> like, and so Toy had that goal, but then also um, on our like little uh, tiki tacky goal that we had, where like it went from like 
where Reynosa stopped his run, got it, put it on to Lude, who gave it on to Metinair, who gave it to mm-hmm. uh, Molino, put it in. Also, it's very toy. I'm so glad he did this because I could very much see like him. He's a young striker wanting to get a goal. Uh, he was in an offside position when Molino kicked that, and the ball went like within a foot of him. And he was smart enough to get out of the way instead of trying to tap it in, which was smart on his part because otherwise it wouldn't have counted. It wouldn't have been, yeah. been a no goal anyway. So like I was happy to see that like kind of maturity from him, knowing where his he was positioned, knowing to stay out of the way, that kind of thing, which gives me a little bit like shows me that uh, Toy is kind of maturing a little bit. Because like if you're just a 19 year old kid wanting to get every goal he could, you would totally see him just like try to tap that in himself. Yeah, which maybe. Well, I've got two two things I want to want to move to. One one is my uh, pleased thing. The person who makes me happy, Um, a person who we do not on this. I will say on this podcast, we do not talk about Kevin Molino enough, and uh, I think it's just because he's been around so much. He's he was the first quote unquote star player, right? Um, First person we kind of paid. Good he was a record TAM deal yeah, at the time. 600 of grand in TAM. Um, uh, and he scores two goals here. Um, you know, the second goal was obviously the PK that was um, not a good PK. And it barely missed the goalkeeper's uh, cleats. But, um, but it, you know, first goal, fantastic. He's a big part of everything. If Bebelo is succeeding, Amari is succeeding, regardless, Molino should be our second goal, highest goal, goal score or something, right? We need Molino and Lud. We need those wing positions to be scoring a lot because we play with, uh, you know, Bebelo is not uh, facing goal and shooting a lot, right? He's drawing people to him. He's, he's putting the ball off. So I, I, I love Molino, and I'm, I'm making it uh, a point to talk about him more often because I think we take him for granted. Does, does, could we say that Kevin Molino is our Desmond from Lost, where he's just our constant? I, I never. That's a deep that reference, man. I, I I haven't thought about Lost in a long time. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be like three of the five people that listen to the show are gonna get that. It's gonna be great. I mean, I feel like. But, the, but yeah. who's our, is it Herc? Herc? Who is the guy? Who is the bigger guy in the show? Now we're just gonna talk about Lost. Jack. Um, no, no, he was the um, guy that the, 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 the Weezer named Weezer the cover. album after. Yeah. The Weezer named their album after Harley. Har- Harley. Harley. Is there Harley? we go. Cool. Yep. Hurley. 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 What a shitty podcast. That's a real question. Wow. Who's Hurley? Oh, and here's three dudes <laughs> who, just saying that? words that sound alike. <laughs> what is, um, let's what talk is, about random characters from a show from 10 years ago. Yeah, what right, is the Joseph? name of the dwarf in Lord of the Rings? Oh, it does not go down this road. Gimli. Gimli. There you go. It's Gimli. <laughs> Jokes on you, listener, for listening to this dumbass podcast. <laughs> All right. So the, the um, reason Molino <laughs> works where he, where he is right now is because he's no longer in charge of creating offense. So yeah. he's just about to be yep. free and, and do and, and do what he wants to do, which is score. I agree. I mean, he needs to score more goals. He's a he's a leading scorer, but I also think Toy is is finally getting minutes and he's finally having a time to be able to make those runs. I mean, if it wasn't I also want every time we play Dallas to have uh Ryan Hollingshead play. Because yeah. that's the reason like we we, we look so good. Is he was horrible. I think Hollingshead was and, good against this last game though. Not with Bebelo in it, yeah. Um the the previous game. I'm blanking on it because it's because I have literally no memory. Yeah when when Dallas just dominated Yeah I think I think like three would, yeah, three one or whatever, Dallas, yeah. like down in Dallas. 
Hans has looked really, really was, good. Because he, he was the reason that he was the reason that 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 he cleared the ball right into Lude's chest, yeah. and then Lude just able to to see to see Toy running wide. Important and dragging to rem- a defender to remember that they were playing with a weird three-man back line that was like they were missing a bunch of players. Um, they just lost Cobra, um, who's their um, big striker. Uh, you know, we are a little bit weakened. They are and weakened. Reggie Cannon and Reggie Cannon, right? And Paxton Pomacole and like, uh, yeah. So um, and Bill Paxton, uh, they lost him. And Bill Pullman and Bill Pullman lost all. Not they've lost quietly some, into the night. They've lost some. Big, big hitters for them. So um, uh, the other thing is the worry I have, Roman Metinier, because uh, he did get, he got a red card late in the game. It was a stupid tackle, but like he, uh, he did also get an assist in this game. He has not looked good on defense in the last while. Um, enough to be like, hmm, this is not what we saw last year. I don't know how to explain it or what it is. It's just an observation that I have not fully formed. But he was, you know, when, when uh, in the 43rd minute when we gave up our first goal, that was a matter of um, Chase getting left alone by uh, Kevin Molino. Um, and then uh, then the ball gets out, cro- uh, crossed, and Metnier's behind his guy. Um, Rodrigo, I don't know if you know this, but the podcast listeners cannot read your, your commentary. <laughs> so you I don't care. Just, just jump in and say that. I'm yeah, just, no, I, two I, games I, a week though. It's yeah. two games a week, uh, but you're also coming off a tournament where he played literally every game, just about, yeah. right? Yeah. And then we remember when he went off last summer, when he played in the South African, uh, the African Cup, Afcon, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he came back, and it literally took him two full two full weeks to finally even look like he was the same. Yeah. So like I, what I'm what I'm saying is just like like look as much as we we want to see successfully we also have to understand that this this uh this phase 2 and or phase 3 or whatever it's going to be like who can you who can you duct tape together to be able to put in this lineup and I think if if uh if our if our wingbacks uh, if our if you know Metinier and Chase are getting tired then then you know we should try to give them a rest for once. I mean, if we if we give a ha rest, we should be able to give these other two guys a rest. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Like we talked about on uh, last week about like how Chase was just starting to kind of look kind of tired, and Metnir's to put in the same work that Chase has put in. So like I think it's it's just two like, like Rodrigo said, it's just you know twice a week matches and just with hopefully now. With uh, Reynoso kind of being the key playmaker and have not having as much of a reliance on our fullbacks just sprinting up and down the field to create chances for um, our attack going forward, we'll have a little, we'll be able to like conserve some of that energy a bit and not have them just push to the point of exhaustion where they just look tired. And yeah. ideally, that would be the, the case going forward. But I mean, we'll have to and, see. And that that's, and, that's the, and that's the other thing is that. It's it's kind of three things, which is like yeah, it's the game, con- it's the congestion, it's having a number ten, who is an actual number ten, but then it's also the proper pairings with their wingers. Um, yeah, this pairs well with a. Uh, this uh, pairs well. We've got, I mean, uh, drink what you want. Notes Look. of current that pull inside. Then we've got. <laughs> Listen, also too is what was <laughs> Dallas's point or like a strategy, right, with Metinier. Is you throw a 17, 18 year old kid 
who's fast and he's got fresh legs and just try to outrun him, right? And Ricardo Pepe yeah. was successful in in, in in getting, I mean, one of those crosses that first became, almost became a goal from, I believe it was Barrios, like he, he literally was going second post and he got beat and then his foot just hit the ball at the wrong spot. I think there's a lot of different things that we, we need to, Take into consideration. Now, yes, do I think he looks tired? Yes. Do I think Chase looks tired? Yes. I, I, I have. I'm surprised that our center backs have lasted this long with this fatigue aspect, specifically when they played every minute of, of the tournament. I think now is a time where we, where, where we start seeing um, other players in certain situations, which we can allude to in the SKC game um, later, later on. But it's just that I think this game was, was it was a good game in the sense that. We were able to produce offense, and we have talked about how this, uh, how we like to see more of quick combination pla- passes, triangular passes in front of in 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 our in our attacking third, right? In the last attacking third, and this is the game where we saw a lot of that, right? And I think that's that's one of the things that that, that I was happy about is that we were doing that, we we're doing the things that at least I've been wanting to see. So. Um- I want to ask a question quick about uh, Robin Lud, which is um, there's a, a point where he was in the corner and he does this like great move, technical move, and he gets around his guy and it, it didn't eventually come to anything. But we never saw that from left hand Lud and right hand Lud comes in and like it's not just that positionally he's able to do this and it naturally puts his, you know, you had a good point about that, Rodrigo, but like he's actually like, all of a sudden, like doing shit, and I just like I, I, that's what like really confusing to me. Where like it's not just about the position, but suddenly like putting him in that position where now he's asked to do a bit more. He's not just back passing and checking the ball and retaining possession. Now he's like actually like trying to fuck with people, and that's weird to me. I don't know what it's, I, it's like. I'll, I'll, it's like something got unlocked in him, and and like he's like, oh, I didn't didn't know. I, I, had I this think it's like sixteen year old Brazilian inside of me. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm not gonna kink shame or anything, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really mean it that way, but uh, but Corey, that's uh, that's, but, that's uh, your shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the the th- it's it's the thing that 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 I'll keep that I you know said earlier which is when he's playing on the right where he's more comfortable it's repetition it's muscle memory it's these things that he has done over the course of his career with his national team all this stuff on the right hand side so he is going to be in those situations in the right corner more often he is going to have more ideas that he can just execute without thinking about it because that's just the side he's used to being on to to be creative in those moments he's he's he has facility on the left hand side but he can't be as creative because it's a mirror image of all the fun stuff that he's used to trying that he doesn't have to think about and so that's where i think that's why we're we're starting to see some of that be unlocked yeah i mean he, it it's basically act 2 of like the um coming of age story so um it's like when a gifted kid in like middle school suddenly like gets moved from like the rudimentary math class to like algebra five and all of a sudden just blossoms and it's like I can do all this shit. Like just put him on where he can go and all of a sudden look at him go. Yeah. We, now, we, if only we could figure out the left side. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm hey man, we got Molina there now. Um, Sulfur lid vacating it. Um, all right, let's take a break because uh, we've got a lot more uh, soccer to talk about. One podcast. Uh, let's talk about Kansas City. This game was away. Um, uh, they won one nothing. This was a heavily rotated squad. We had um, uh, I don't even know how to explain this. Um, I will it was say a Jenga squad. I will say um, one thing that drives me crazy, and it happens on Twitter, and sometimes we accidentally do it on this podcast, is that when someone's like, "Oh yeah, we're starting with the." Uh, three five two, and someone's like, "Uh, actually, I think that it's a three four three and a, oh my god, positional talk. It has its place, but I want to die sometimes. Um, but main thing is we had a three man back line. That's important to talk about because we we had Debasi, Aha, Boxall as the center backs. Um, we had a a kind of midfield diamond with um, Musa as the base of it. Um, Greg Ustatsen, um, Jacory Hayes at the top of it." Um, so there was a lot of pressing. Jacory Hayes was mainly tasked with fucking with uh, um, uh, Gary Busio, uh, who destroyed us last ga- last time we played. Um, I wish I could do a Gary Busey uh, accent or or uh, impersonation. But um, anyway, I would do a great one about Peter Vermees if I could, um, but I won't, <laughs> I won't try to destroy that. Um, so. Heavy rotation, huge formation shift because we saw we saw those guys playing. Obviously, we've got um, Toy back. We had uh, Edwards and Hairston on the left and right wings, respectively. Um, lots of guys out there with something to prove. So, uh, I'll go to you first, Rodrigo, with this. Um, who proved? Who proved what you wanted to prove, or what they wanted to prove? Um, I thought Jacory Hayes did decently for what he was tasked to do. Um, I also think Debasi uh, p- played really well in the aspect of I think he had like two or three goal saving opportunities. I mean, he literally uh, saved the ball. Off the line. Yeah, he literally. Yeah. Like, in that so one like, of the, yeah, yeah. So I think out of those two things, it's it's good to be able to see our depth, and hopefully Debasi does make a, a rotation change into it. Um, I think Musta was 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 okay, right? I didn't we didn't get to see too much of it, and he's trying to get comfortable in that in that position. But I think. Um, like if we if we if we are going to choose Ike over Ozzy, then I I I I like us to find another six. But for now, I mean, it's a it's a it's a fix. I mean, this whole squad was like literally like you took a block of Jengas and just threw it on the ground, and they're all colored Jengas, and then just put them all back together in the wrong order. It was like it was just weird to me because like everybody was just trying to like people were playing new positions. Yeah, like as, as much as I get like and I and. I'm not going to try to like get into this too much, but like I've heard Heath say so many times, it's like my job is to put a, a, a starting eleven that will win. And to me, this wasn't a starting eleven that would win anything, right? It was more like let's try to figure out how long we can survive before before we do anything else. Okay, let me. So actually, before I get to this, who has something to prove? Question. There's a, there's maybe a, a more basic question, which is the there's there's obvious heavy rotation there. Um, there's obviously the formation shift. Um, was this, did, you know, SKC were missing 17 million players because of COVID or something like that. Um, uh, it was just like Graham Zussi's ghost was out there, I think. Um, 
we had a literal flu shot uh, playing, running, playing in the left back. I don't know. But um, they're like, I, I, I just don't fully get this. Like, let, you know, we have tired legs, right? We talked about Mentonier a minute ago. We talked about, you know, our team, the average age is um, 38. Um, so I get the idea of rotating, but like wholesale squat, like rotation, we've talked about in this podcast. It's one of the things that drives me crazy because it doesn't give these guys a, a chance to succeed. And none of these guys were, um, this wasn't their first tries out there uh, other than Debasi. So it's not like they were putting a debutante out there, which we have done in the past uh, out there to, to fail. But, um, but it's like, why do you need to rest Lud, Bebelo and Molino? Why can't you keep one of them? Why couldn't you have just brought, you know, made more changes in the Dallas game? That That's a frustrating thing for me. And maybe there's nothing else to say that, but... No, I, I, no, Wes, I, I completely agree. I think it's, we, we have a system that our team, that our first choice team functions, and that's the four two three one. Um, not to talk about formations, but that's a very different thing than what we played against SKC. And so, why wouldn't you have some combination of our preferred eleven with some of these guys, even if it's like half the team? Um, and have them work in that system. And, and then at halftime, swap out some of those starters for the others and swap out some of the, you know, like I, it just feels like it was like Adrian Heath's positional swingers party and made all the players just put their keys in a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he just like, he just picked them out and said, guess what? You're starting in midfield today. Like uh, it, it, Adrian it, Heath's like, swinger party, uh, host of the swinger party, is um, some deep level crazy ass fanfic going on. Hey, you know, it's yeah, it there is, are worse it things. And I, I actually liked the formation before seeing how many players from SKC were out. Like, yeah, that's right. Like, you posted that he wanted early, to see this. Like, and on then Thursday then morning, I posted like, I like, want to oh, see a three-five-two. Well, well, and this isn't good. But then, exactly. But then, like, also, do you see, like, oh, uh, Sporting KC is they're missing like six or seven players. You might as well attack that as best you can and try to get the three points. Like, if, here's the, here's the, I mean, the question I, I have about it, and and someone someone maybe can help me answer this, which is, I see what the midfield diamond did, and it was actually, especially early on, really fun to watch. They were extremely uh, disciplined. They just there was no midfield for them to move through. Gary Busio could barely touch the ball, and like the the problem is, uh, and we'll talk about Dane and the eight million shots he he faced in this game. The problem is, SKC was like, oh, we can't pass through the midfield. All your players are in the midfield. Why don't we just pass over the midfield? And so it the game was extremely fast paced because they were like, well, we'll just fucking go past you, and so. Uh, that that to me is like confusing. Like what what like and we didn't really adjust until until later on. I guess when we, at at halftime we we kind of did that and we went to a a, a four man back line. But yeah, Rodrigo. Um, here's the thing about SKC, right? They this is how deep and talented they can be, right? Is the aspect of if you if you make them narrow, then they'll go wide. And that's what they did. Like they went, like like we were trying to narrow everything, and they were like, "Oh, you know what? We'll just spread out." 
Right. And then they spread it and then started spreading the ball and started finding those holes. And then it was just one of those things. If you decide, if you, if you, in, and when we were able to counter that, then they started going more narrow and they started being, so it's like, it's, it's like they, you, you, you try one thing and they're going to try to figure out another thing Almost and they'll be successful at yeah. it. So Peter Vermees is a good coach. And, uh, yeah, no, and that's so many times on this podcast, uh, like we've beaten them obviously several times. Uh, but, but we've never beaten them at home, I think, right? No, we Within did. The MLS. Yeah, we, we did. Uh, TCF Bank uh, that first season. No, I, I, no. I mean, I'm sorry. In, in SKC, we have never beaten them oh, in SKC. No, no, I think. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. No. We we go there. But and we but that's but that's the, 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 like that's that's such a fantastic point, Rodrigo. Is that you know, Wes? We talk about the what is our plan B, and it's not just a wholesale uh, bench change with a formation change. It's how do you empower your players to make those tactical changes on the pitch in in, in the match like it, yeah. like cuz like it, it like it wasn't all just Pete for me's screaming these tactical changes Pete, you called him Pete motherfucker's going to oh, find he's Pete. you he's Pete <laughs> like look 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 he's he's Pete for me that's fine yeah Pete Pete for me he loves it um Daddy for me. Um, no, what he, what he, when you know you're you're watching his team make those tactical adjustments on their own because that's how yeah they work as because they're coached well. Final point, just about about this kind of squad, and and this is again I've said this many times on this. I think that treating doing these wholesale changes treats players like they are. There is an A squad and a B squad, and it treats them like okay. Uh, rather than saying like, look, uh, we've got Dallas, uh, <laughs> we've got Dallas and uh, we are going, you know, Metonier is tired or not Metonier, but like um, Kevin Molino is tired. So we're going to keep Bebelo and Lud in there and we're going to put Raheem to start. And we know Raheem can do that role. We, like, it, it's crazy. I think that Heath knows that he can do that, but he only treats him as a oh well you're super B squad or you can come in as a sub, and that that's frustrating where you don't give these players the sense that they are the same level as a Robin Lud who is unbenchable and now he's great good that's super cool but like anyway that's that's a, a thing I want to go back to my original question uh, who out there proved it Mark um our center backs did. Um, Devasi and, and Boxel was, I mean, Boxel has played every minute of every game so far. And he's been like the unspoken Mr. Solid of the entire season. Wait, hold on. We had a whiskey. We had a whiskey spill. <laughs> was it on, was it on your, was it on your uh, computer? laptop? No, 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 no. It was on, it was actually just missed all the really expensive audio gear. I mean, it's still here, but it did go into my cereal bowl, which it's fine. We're all good. Wait, hold on. I mean, Reese's peanut butter cups no, 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 no. and whiskey. Take a, take a bite of that Delicious. Reese's peanut butter cups and tell me how the whiskey adds, if it adds anything. Oh, my, my dude, they've been guns. They've been done, oh, gone no. since before the first break. <laughs> Damn. I wanted to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Also, like, honestly, like chocolate and bourbon, like chocolate, peanut butter, and bourbon. Come on. Like, I, now I have a really delicious. good fucking idea. It's going to be great. All right. Like who was Kalula. saying something soccer related that we interrupted? Yeah. I was saying um, our center backs were <laughs> right. uh, actually really good. Uh, uh, Debasi, for his first start, looked extremely solid. Like, he's starting quality. Like, he could definitely. He, I don't know. Do you blame him much for that goal that they eventually did give up? You know, he, he was the man, obviously, kind of 
closest to Johnny Russell? Um, no, because it looked like the two guys on the far side of the pitch were not paying attention. Like yeah, Bob, uh, it, it was Boxall and, and uh, Harrison. Yeah, like if you look at their positioning compared to the other two guys who were, I don't think the two guys on the far side saw Zussi's patch pass and just were just hanging out. Uh, or just like covering their guys and not thinking about it. What's up, buddy? Yeah. It's, what are you doing up to the game? You're in oh, but yeah, no, yeah, I, quarantine. Cool. I mean, because it looked like Chase and Debassi were like right on the same page for where to be exactly. And we're covering it very well. And it was the other two guys who weren't really paying attention. And that's what broke it down. So I don't, I don't really blame him for that at all. And it's, and it's kind of unfortunate because the only positive thing out of like last night, because like our offense definitely had nothing going for it whatsoever. Our ability to transition from our midfield to our attacking third, like, was no, there's yeah. nothing there. And so, our only positive was that, like, how we got out of the first half without give, conceding a goal, like, it was Dane St. Clair. And our defense was pretty solid in that, like, they were, like, when threats came, they were able to shut them down relatively well. And they did it till, I mean, the 80th minute, which is about when you kind of figure things would start to eventually break down. And unfortunately they did. One thing I didn't understand in the aspect of the goal for, um, for SKC was what was their attempt? I think it was Boxel who sent a long ball trying to get to Reynoso, which, which, which made no sense to me. And that's why like everybody started pushing up because they thought the ball was going to go that way. And then the ball goes inward, right? And then you see Chacon, who's playing on the on that side, make a run trying to stop Susie because Molino decided to go back for once instead of trying to challenge the ball that he was closest to. And that created that that pocket. It just I, That just didn't make sense to me. Like, why would you do that? Like, I'm still trying to figure out. Uh, but I think I think a lot of the things that, that, that we're talking about is just that you know, we we the, the first ten minutes of this game, we had we had action, right? It was Edwards, it was Corey Hayes. We were trying to figure out. We, they, were, they, they were creating opportunities. It's when SKC decided to we're like we're we're we're, we're going to change the the speed of this game. It it really became became really hard on our defense, and I think uh, everybody was was being pushed over. Everybody was blocking shots with their bodies, with their heads. I mean that free kick that Giancarlo. Gianluca, uh, Gianluca De Puglio did hit somebody in the face, and Gary. they didn't fall down. Gary. <laughs> so no, Gianluca. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah, uh, I will say for me, um, the 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 people with some someone with something to prove is Dane St. Clair. Um, we've talked a little bit about him on, on this uh, podcast um, because he's now finally getting his his chance, um, and he was unreal in this game um especially you know we we had said like he didn't really get many opportunities to do shot stopping in the um dallas game in this game he he also didn't get a ton because what he did was um he he sporting kansas city put up 21 shots and that and that is basically he survived that because he slaughtered a lamb beginning of the game just did a ceremonial slaughter um painted the blood on the lintels of the goal and that caused the angel of the the goal to pass over um there were there were at least two times in the second half where the t- the team 
uh, SKC were in and the ball somehow went, it like magically turned around the corner. Uh, um, he also made a, a few fantastic saves in the first half, but the man's voodoo power is un, unmatched. Yeah, no, and even I mean, when he, 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 even, will, he will be leading our defense through the desert for 40 years at some yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's there. But no, even when he didn't make a save, you can see his position was just enough where it went outside of what he could save, but it still went outside the post. Like he's, his position was really, really good when he does come out to attack the ball. So for me, he had a lot to prove in terms of like, okay, you're a young dude. Can you get out there? Can you be a body presence? The biggest thing for Dane going forward, and we'll actually, we need to, all right, we need to reconnect with uh, Schieffer Decker and get him on because I know that like he's just home alone, just writing uh, slash fic about uh, Dane St. Clair. Um, is we need to, like, he needs to develop his communication because there are times on corner kicks where there's no sound in the stadium, right? And you're just, the camera's just watching him and he's like not talking to anyone. He's not barking or whatever. And I know that he is, literally 13 years old and like just got off, off of tour with um uh, menudo but he like <laughs> just he just like he doesn't have a, his he like is not there like, yelling <laughs> wait, did, did, did west just refer to his dane sinclair as a ricky martin yeah exactly yeah, yeah. What, what what if what if he's just canada's best ventriloquist oh you ever think of that Oh yeah, that's really good. Um, he, yeah, that's there's all right. There's something to that. The thing is, he he just needs to have that presence, right? And and th- there are certain things we talk about giving young goalkeepers like him a, a chance. And I do think that there are some things that you just have to grow into in that role, right? That's different than being a striker at his age. Um, and he's not. He's also not 13 years old. He's not 19. It's like all the shirts that my mom still gets me at Christmas. Like I'm still gonna grow into them. I, you know, I still wear uh, my fourth grade uh, Mukunji Elementary School uh, T-shirt because in fourth grade in 1992, um, all the shirts that you bought were like giant, right? Remember yeah. Remember the 90s? Yeah. yeah. Um, and They're like, j- Jinkos for your torso. Yeah, exactly. And I am a giant now and I've also put on weight and I still, it still fits. So I still wear yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I know you guys all wanted to know that. You actually care. No, it's fine. It's fine. My, my was, I do not want to know. My my marching band letter jacket is still the size of a giant. Like I'm still swimming the fucking thing. Oh, just nerdy high school Corey Shreppel in uh in a, just a giant letter jacket for band. Oh my god! What did you play uh, percussion? Is that what you? I was section leader. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh! I had a I, I had a I had a complex. It was great. <laughs> All right, what about no, no. All right. So that's what we're talking about. Dane St. Clair. Um look, Dane St. Clair has performed two miracles so far. Oh. One. one oh yeah, it's preach sir. Preach. What one has that he got playing time as a young player in this system. Two was the RSL goal that happened that didn't happen. Right? He literally made made a goal disappear, right? Yeah, and all we need is one more, one more miracle, and then he's a legit oh saint. He's, he's, saint. he's not just a saint by name; he is a legit saint. Corey, saint Dane. Corey just came back with this. He just left uh, the Zoom, and now. But you back. just have your your high school letterman's jacket just sitting around, ready to be put on at any time. 
This is like what last time we visited my parents, they just sent all this shit back and they're like, just take it. I was like, okay, that's fine. I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but like, except for wear it on my, oh my God, I, I want to, I'm going to give you the biggest wedgie the next time I see you. Um, it's so, so we hot. can consider um, who's going to be, uh, if, if Dane St. Clair gets sainted, but I feel like he's got a lot more to do um, uh, to, to earn that sainthood. Um, I don't actually, I think, I guess hopefully the bar will have enough money to, to uh, have another patron saint uh, uh, commissioned this winter. But, you know, write your uh, senators and support the Save Our Stages Act, uh, everyone, and your uh, con- Congress people, especially if you don't live in Minnesota. Um so, uh, okay. Anyone else with something who wants to talk about someone who, who, who like proved it? We talked about, um, Dane, we talked about Dubasi and, and the, the center backs. Um, anyone want to give some love otherwise? Raheem Edwards is just a, a treasure. And I think he is, if he, he is so close to being a starter, like, I don't know how we didn't play our regular formation and just put him on the left. Or or the right, it doesn't matter. He's he's by far the best of the subs, or the most reliable, or the most consistent. Um, he's the first person I bring I, off the bench if I want to change something. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Rodrigo, I mean, earlier in this thirteen million hour podcast that we're recording, you asked the question: Is who who when when and if? Our Tomasito Chacon leaves. Who would be our next obsession? We already have that. It's called Raheem Edwards. That's true. Oh, Raheem, they don't believe me, but you won't let those robots defeat me. So, sorry, that's not going to be a song, but I like to sing it about him. Um, sorry, Mark, do you want to make a final point on this? Uh, no, it wasn't. It was more so that. I feel like Musa isn't quite ready yet. That was kind of my takeaway as well as from watching some of his passing. To deputize and, Ozzy? Yeah. Or just, no, or just like, to, to make just, a start he, like that? Yeah, he just seemed out of his league a little bit. Like He had a lot of really bad passes in the middle of the field. And yeah, that's. I think that's one of like the biggest sticking points for why we have to have these like super like grand, like read, like reformations, if you will, is because we don't have anybody that can fill in for Ozzy. Like if we had someone could, that could slot in, in our, you know, four, two, three, one and be the Ozzy so that either, you know, Greg Goose or Dotson can be that eight and everyone else plays a role. We don't have that right now. So right now we're having Greg Goose basically, uh, Either Greg Goose or I mean, Moose is kind of determined he can't do it. So Greg Goose has kind of been the defensive side, and that's not his shtick. And I feel I like, like describing it as a shtick, though. Yeah, it's not like it's, it's not hey, his thing. I'm gonna baby. tackle somebody. Hey, hey. It's not your thing, baby. It's just not his thing. <laughs> and um, like he, he's too lanky. I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna put it out. He's just too lanky to do the tackles. Like he's just it's, he's not he's not a bruiser. And like we need a bruiser. And I think as far as like, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves further, but like, as far as our needs go, like we need more for, we need striker depth and we need a for sure backup for Ozzy who can actually come in and be solid. So, um, I mean, if we're going to have our, if we're going to have a reformation, we should just sign Martin Luther. Yeah. Really? 
No, it's no. I, sorry. I'm workshopping. I'm workshopping yeah, live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey, take that give back. Give you the shake of the head, Corey. <laughs> take that back, Corey. Uh, take that back, hey, Corey. Oh. I'm not cutting that out. I'm not taking it back. Uh, no, you're going to um, leave it so, in. Uh, and you're uh, you're, you're going to smell what you did. Final question. I think that was a pretty frustrating game, but it was one of those weird games. But because um, they brought in some players, like I thought Bebelo brought a lot. I thought Thomas Chacon coming in was like, you know, gave me like... I, I literally was ready to go to bed and then someone like nudged me at the bar and they were like, Chacon, Chacon, Chacon. And so then we freaked out. Um, it gave me a little bit of life there, but um, two home games, one away game in one week, six points. That's a pretty good week, right? I think like there's frustrating parts of like, we got a little bit lucky in Dallas. Um, we got extremely lucky to not be beaten 75 nothing in Kansas City. Um, and almost actually pulled something out of that game. Um, but, you know, we're right now um, averaging, or our points per game is 1.55. Um, getting uh, two points per game from, from those three games is, is pretty all right. I don't know. I mean, this was like, you know, as, as much as we just, you know, don't like playing SKC as often, this was an important game, I thought. I mean, you're playing for first place, right? Um, and um, specifically with the rest of our line, rest of our games already being decided, like I mean, like being announced. So like we go to, the, to Texas again, and we we've had not had a good good time in Texas, and then we get to play RSL. Um, and I don't know which one of those at top of my head is at home. Uh, but Colum- Columbus is at home in the midweek. It's uh, no, no, no. RSL's at home, and we, at home. So we, go, we go to Columbus. We go Houston, uh, and four days later to Columbus, and then we play at home against RSL. That this right. was this was the whole thing that that Heath was was going on about about the um uh, the supposed uh, balance between home and away matches for the rest of the post tournament season, and right now we're not very even. Um, well, and also, except like, for we are, we, I mean, we're playing two games at Houston, but they're also RSL is playing two games at Allianz. So it's like, well, yeah. Oh, I, what's weird about it is why? Like, why can't they? Like, there's no reason that Houston game couldn't be played at Allianz. Yeah. That's, it's just like very weird, other than the global, globalist cabal that is preventing fucking Christian Ramirez from playing at Allianz Field. It's the globalist yeah. cabal. Well, what's gonna What's gonna happen <laughs> is they're just gonna. They're just. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> is that Is that what Gam actually is? It's just. It's just yeah. George Bucks. We've We've, we've oh. lost this podcast now. Oh we my officially god. have yeah, lost this podcast. Should we? Well, should we? In, in the latest Q yeah. drop, they talk about how Christian. <laughs> 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 um, all right. Uh, here's, here's the thing too that like that, that really bugs me is that like and me and Mark went up went, went back and forth to this on Twitter on the aspect of like like do you play to do you do you play to like I understand playing st- strategically to pull out a tie, right? But if I was gonna do that, then I would want more consistency of players and just maybe put in three, two or three, three or four players in to be able to be support systems, right? If you really are gonna bunker. Then freaking bunker, right? You know, like, like we don't know is Aaron still available? Apparently, he must be extremely hurt. Sean yeah, Feld, heard no. yeah, no. Um, yeah, so, I like, think you're you're absolutely right. Like, this was a a big game, and yes, everyone's tired. Um, but you put a ga- a team out there that was that signaled, and we just talked about this with, with the the rotation. But you signaled to your uh, team that this is B squad. 
you know, if we get something out of this, then great. If not, whatever. I, I do think overall, if you told me you're going to get six points from three games, I would take that. But I do, I think looking at this game where they're missing a bunch of players from COVID, um, you know, this is the not just our our rival, but also our rival for the top spot in the in the division. And yes, we are doing well, but also it's so early in the the um, standings that like you know we are uh, we're one win out of like eighth place, and so I, I think that like yes, we're we're we need to kind of look at things in, in both ways and say yes and. Um, I'm going to take a break again, and then we've got uh, some Twitter questions. Uh, Twitter questions. Uh, this is from um, Toby Seisler, and I, I actually don't know what this means, so I'm going to read it, and you guys tell me what it means. Does this mean we're going all in on Triple Ten for the near future? Lud Molino Reynoso. Yeah, oh, this has oh, to do- oh triple oh. Yeah, oh. and also and oh, and maybe it means that we don't have a um, striker because we've done that for quite a few times as well. Yeah, um, I don't. I mean, I don't think that they're all doing that exact role, but they are coming very central, and there's a lot of movement, and um, it will work sometimes. I think that we will find, and we have found all, even already. There are times where uh, it definitely does. It's it's not working. It's too congested. Life uh, like, finds a way. Yeah, you need someone at the back post. Um, uh, ben Krasgagny uh, asks a question: Debasi to replace Aha. So we start this weekend away at Houston uh, Dynamo. Is Debasi going to start there? And would you start him? I guess is the question. I would. Yes, I thought he looked. I mean, granted, we only have uh, ten minutes plus a match for him. But just seeing his ability to like basically save our asses off of the goal line. And then also, I mean, he didn't go wrong on marking while he was out there pretty much. He, he had a couple of really nice moments where he was tracking back and was totally calm and just averted yeah, you know, he, chaos. He was like, oh, I'm just going to tap that away from you. And we'll just, uh, we can come to be gentle. Like, oh, I'm just going to take like, that oh, ball from sorry, you. Sorry. Um, Steve Lindley says, what type of striker should we sign for the rest of 2020? Long-term might be a different answer, but what do the loons need for the rest of this year? Let's assume Schoenfeld and Emery are out. I, I don't think we have... So to just that question is done. I don't think we have any indication that they are out, out for the rest of the season. But I think let's, let's entertain Steve's question in terms of, let's say that we are, con- we are looking at a likelihood of being in trouble with one, maybe one and a half strikers for a lot of the rest of the season. Do we need to fix that? I think we, and it pains me to say this, we need a Christian Ramirez-like poacher. Like, that's exactly what we need, is we just need someone who is good at making either near post or far far post runs, and is consistent about it, where that we have, like we said, we have we're going to play with our triple tens, and we need to have someone who is consistent with it, who is running, <laughs> who is a running, who can run I'm out of the ball. I'm not going to tell you what we're doing on camera, kids. Sorry, it's it's. No, that's for the. You're, for you're the, talking uh, my love language. Is all I'm going to say. Um, yeah, I don't, join join but, the but Patreon. Here's the, kids. here's the deal, Mark. Do you spend? We we, we have limited funds. 
uh, do you spend those funds to get a striker in at this point? Because, you know, even a Christian Ramirez who, even if you don't rate him the way that you and I do, um, even getting that level of of a striker, let's say like a Dominic Baji, right? Or one of these guys who's like a, um, you know, they've been around, a Kai Kamara even, but Kai Kamara requires money. They, they, they all require resources. You could get another guy in. You could get maybe even a Schoenfeld who I think is decent, but like, but that still requires resources. Would you spend those resources on making, you know, could we, could we last a season with toy who, you know, maybe he'll show up um, in the way we really need him to. And Bebelo and, or Molino swapping in there. No, I mean, we need somebody just because if, if our lone striker is our 21 year old, then no, we, we need somebody else. Like, that's why you bring in, I mean, I, I, I know I talk about like Mario, but like, just there, there are like 30, there's 31 year old strikers out there who are talented, who can do the fundamentals that you need them to do. But and you have you to pay them, them $300,000 or 400. You have to yeah. find them to, to, so you are, so you're saying like, uh, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you want to solve a problem this year with your resources? Or do you, because in doing that, now look at next year and you've got all four of those people fit. And what do, yeah, you, no, and what I, do you do with them? What, and what do you do no with Maria with if you've just signed Mario Bellatelli? Like, I mean, well, I mean, Mario, if you, if you have ability to sign Mario, you just take right, it. Right. You, I mean, you just take but, it. That's what, just what a given. What do you do with Maria if you sign another Maria? But let's, let's say like you can find a $300,000, you know, striker, whatever. I mean, seriously, like our ownership group, are like the ten richest billionaires what, in the but, state. Like, and so but the I'm just saying, like, thousand dollars is more. And about also, like, here's the, the thing: like, as far as like uh, comparing us to other teams, as far as our overall like um, salary goes, yeah, we have Grey Goose, who is a DP, who doesn't need to be a DP. You can uh, drag him. You could you could buy him down. He could do the whole Rodriguez thing or uh, Whatever you could buy him down, so yeah. like we literally have one DP yeah. right now because Chacon's not really a DP because you, we're going to loan him off, whatever. Yeah. Like we could bring in a Tam guy; it's not going to bust the budget. Like I, it's fine. Okay, and even if we just do it for a year, it's fine. Okay, I do. I, you, I, just, do you, I will say. Do you bring? I hate you, and I disagree. <laughs> I because to me, I guess because we, we can we can disagree without hating. Oh, I love you. No. And I disagree, and I think yeah. you're terrible. Um, uh, no, no. I guess neutral. what I, I guess my the way I will look at it is, um, we don't need to win this year, um, even though we are kind of are an older group, and making a really short term signing unless something dropped on our uh, doorstep, you can loan this guy for the rest of the year and he's going to be decent, right? Cool. Great. That, that might happen there, but you know, touchy <clears throat> to me, I would rather have them do this thing. You know what? Mason toy, it, it's time to show up. And, uh, and I do think that it's not optimal putting baby low out of position or Molino out of position. They can do a certain role. You have to really change things. They can do something there. I think that we're going to have, either Schoenfeld or Amaria for part of it. And to make a decision where we need to suddenly really change things up, 
this year because um, that really changes your priorities, right? And and we're going to have a question here about what our next signing priority is. To me, it's not worth it there. But Rodrigo, do you have a? You know, I just say we get a six. That's okay, it. Well, that's I don't the, really this care. Is the next, this is the next. That's question. the next question. No, no, I'm saying like right now, right now. What do I rather have? A, another forward or, or or a six? All right, I rather have another six. Alex, but then just want to have a six. Yeah. Alex, give me a six. Six, six. The number of the beast. That's fine. Uh, Alex Hintz asks the question: With a number ten finally signed, what is the team's number one priority right now? Uh, Rodrigo says a six, 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 because uh, devil worship and all. Um, anyone have another answer than that? No, I, nope. I, I, a hundred percent agree because I don't think we're gonna get even a half season out of Ozzy next year. So, cause we, cause here's the deal earlier in this season, you, all of us talked about how the priorities are to find a future for, to someone to, to back up Ozzy um, and replace him. And eventually Ike as well. Uh, I think we all have been impressed with aha as a pretty decent, not just a, stopgap measure but he, he's decent out there aha and box are okay we thought that um debassi looked good so we our center backs are not in great shape i think that we definitely need to sign one but not top priority um left wing you know we've always talked about needing finally a left winger um that's not working uh or the, but we still at least have people who can fill that spot but a six, right? We we have seen, we talked earlier in the podcast about Greg Ush in that position. I think that we're all going to obsess over this for a while. Mark, do you have any, I, I uh, think, who are we watching? What, what, what? Um, nobody. Uh, we had, you don't have to make I, shit up. Just no, there was, watching. Oh God, there was one. I wanted to do them to do a two four with Boca um, for, oh, what was his name? The, um, he just went to Portugal. He's like a 27 year old. Uh, number six. Anyways, doesn't matter. But right. yeah, no, des- we, we desperately need number six. That's about it. We, we just need a young number six that can slot in. Ideally, bring him in sooner rather than later so you can learn from Ozzy because Ozzy has, there's no better number six to teach somebody how to be number six in this league. Yeah. So, but yeah, sooner rather than later, we need to pull the trigger and find a young number six. Um, let me uh, let me go to this last question from uh, our uh, comrade in, in Denmark, Henrik Hoglund. Um, I ha- he said, I had this discussion with a friend who's a journalist regarding the animated stadium in the Canadian Premier League broadcast. Um, and so let me, let me lay the groundwork. You guys watch this video, right? Cause I put it on, uh, on our Slack, right? Um, yes. the, the video was of Halifax Fax Wanderers, I think were the home team. They play in a high school stadium and, the video of the highlights, you can go watch this on the CPL, the Canadian Premier League uh, website. They have digitally CGI inserted a fake stadium around instead of the high school stands. And, um, and so his question is, is a soccer broadcast a journalistic or entertainment product? Is it important to show things as is or okay to manipulate to improve viewability and I want, Corey, i want to throw to you first because you are um you're in media and, and stuff and yeah i i i think it's okay to supplement it in the current situation that we're in um 
But it's like if they're they're playing at a I mean I'm watching it now for the first time there's two things there there's one is when you're looking at the wide shot you can only do it from one camera with a lot of the budgets that they have and it's usually that that center camera cuz then they cut to the close up shots and it just oh no they're just playing in the middle of a field um it's i think it's okay to supplement with certain you know some some level of CGI for branding for other things but to build a stadium around that i just like why 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 waste your time and resources on something like that um i don't because it's like yeah i think it's i think it's i personally don't find it um terribly ethical i think it's um, it's not like you, you know when Major League Soccer when we had the the MLS's back tournament they constructed a bunch of shit so they could they the could branding put branding up yeah. and all that stuff so that, that's physically there I mean it all comes down um, it, it, but but that stuff was there they built that they changed they physically changed it but if you're gonna take a high school you know college field with a couple of bleachers and you're going to build it up and and make it look like a 30,000 seat stadium i don't Tim, particularly enjoy like that there's two different ways to think about this he he asked a specific question about journalism versus entertainment which I, i'll answer in a second but the 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 other question is just it makes you look Mickey Mouse to me like it yeah cuz it, it doesn't has look the good the opposite thing of being like what are you doing um i, I think that I do think it's unethical. I think that I actually don't like pumping in um, fake fans because I think it, and and I know, I know it's really stupid to hold on this point, but I, I just think that we all believe fundamentally that fans are the center of this game of the atmosphere and the engagement there. And that to make it a simulacra, like something that you just, um, impersonate, I really hate. Uh, it's not something I'm going to fight to the end of the uh, end of my life about, but it just like it really bugs me. It does make it better to listen to at the bar when the game is on and other people are in the bar. If there's fake fan so, fan noise there, uh, it's a bit more white noise. But I, I I do think that a soccer broadcast is not it's not journalism. But uh, but I do think that they have a responsibility to show. Here, here's here's what I'll argue with you on that. Okay. The the sound is a little bit like a comfort blanket when when we're watching these matches. Like when we watched some of those early Bundesliga matches, and it was like, what are we doing? Part of it was we weren't used to it. But then when they figured it out, it was like, okay, I can deal with this. The visuals don't matter as much. It's a comfort as. But we are in a uh, fucking like, pandemic, yeah. so I actually yeah don't, yeah I think yeah, that, yeah. Like, we we, like, we totally we are, but I think it's also <laughs> like we're like but it's also we're but at but at the same time we but are. at the same time the, it's a fucking sport it. and it's a distraction yeah and so that's, that's the difference. Uh, what's I know, that's why I'm not going to fight to the end versus watching a TV show. We're literally fighting about it. I will fucking kill you. You know what? All I want is 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 more Almeida cussing in Spanish. I don't care about fans. No, I want more Almeida no, no. cussing 
more catching all these little things that happen on the field. I mean, did, that's you, where, that's, did you that's watch where San Jose give up seven goals to Seattle? Because <laughs> yes. there was a lot of cussing. <laughs> there was a lot of cussing. And there was also a lot of Rui Diaz golden boot watch. So that yeah, was, I mean, I mean, I can't imagine how just aroused you were during that match. With both of those factors combined, it was oofta, oofta. Uh, and here's here's the thing too, like uh, to to make one last f- final point on, on this aspect of it, like you know we all know it's about making money, but at the same time, like bringing it back to the SKC game, like I rather have it pumped in noise than hearing the hearing the SKC fans say, uh, say ole in the middle of like when it doesn't really matter to say ole at every pass. I thought they when were they haven't even scored a goal. Fun of their fan, their players because they were back passing into it. But yes, it was the, a- the, the, the listen everybody they all clap on the one and three. It's the Lutheran backbeat. It's just they're they're gross. They don't know what they're doing. All right, comrades. It's the end of the podcast. Um, thank you, everyone. I appreciate everyone who listened to this podcast. This is a dumb thing we do every week, and you listen to it for some reason, and it makes me happy. Uh, I like doing this. Yeah, just, just don't agree with us. Never, Never agree with us. Never. Um, <laughs>